Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We're two associate marriage and family therapists under clinical supervision, and we both specialize in working with couples. Welcome to It's Complicated, the Couples Guide podcast. Where we debunk myths and deliver truth about couples therapy. Trust us. It's awesome. All right. Episode seven. Yes. What are we talking about today, Talia? Today we are talking about being married with children. Married with <laughs> children. What? Which is inclusive of whatever couple state you're at. Basically being yes. in a relationship where you have kids mm-hmm. and what does that look like when you're in couples therapy? Yeah. Uh, we see a lot of couples and a lot of couples have children mm-hmm. and that's a very important context in therapy. Mm-hmm. It may or may not be the focus of therapy, which we'll get into, uh, but we want to definitely honor the fact that that's a huge part of someone's life. Absolutely. And I don't think enough couples realize much like with going out for dinners, you know, those date nights. Yeah. How many parents do you hear? Well, we go out and all we talk about is our kids. Yeah. Right? And so the, in couples therapy, that's mm-hmm. not the goal. Not mm-hmm. that it's off limits, but it's not the goal to have the session be just about your kids if yeah. it's couples therapy. If yeah. you're going for parenting, that's a whole different yeah. situation. And so let's clarify that right now at the start of this episode where there is therapeutic work that is specifically for parenting. This yes. is parenting and therapy there's parenting classes there's parenting coaching, coaching right which is all fantastic and yes. great great stuff. highly recommend it all we're talking about couples who are parents as part of their context mm-hmm. i mean that's part of their lives and how does that get woven into couples therapy because mm-hmm. in in many ways kids are sometimes or not uh, Many ways, kids are the motivators for couple for yeah. parents to go to couples therapy. Of course. How many times have you had couples come in and go like, we would be done, but yeah. we've got these amazing children uh-huh. and we want to be the best parents uh-huh. we can be for them. Or my partner's yeah. been perfect up until we had kids and I realized, <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about enough of this. We have yeah. big value differences. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, none of us are sleeping anymore. Oh, yeah. That's the best. And suddenly, patience and compassion are gone. <laughs> So F you everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, okay, cool. Got it. So there's lots of there's tons of reasons why parents will come in, but they're mm-hmm. coming in for couples therapy. And how do you suss that out? And and how do we honor the fact that that's a huge part of our our clients' lives, while at the same time we're not doing specifically parenting coaching or parenting uh, therapy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so what do you think it looks like in couples therapy? You know. I'm not entirely sure to that question, but when you ask that question, the first thing comes to mind is something I think we talked about a little while ago, maybe off the air, I don't know if it was on, on a podcast or not, but um, it's the hierarchy of caring for self to family, mm-hmm. and it coincides with the oxygen mask analogy. Right. What does that mean? So uh, the oxygen mask analogy is like when you're on an airplane and they go through that safety thing and they tell you if the oxygen masks come down, Put the mask on yourself first and then attach it to your child. Because a lot of parents' instincts would be to let me save get my children, kids right? safe. But actually, you can't effectively care for your child unless you're already breathing yourself. Because mm-hmm. um, if parent dies, then that's not going to help the kid at all. Right. So that's the analogy I'm invoking here. And what I mean by the hierarchy of self and family is, I always talk about it with couples, and it's a... Three-line hierarchy. At the very top is self. Yeah, I think we did talk about this, yeah. by the way. Didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was just us, though. Uh, but we did. I, I know we talked about this. I think it was on on, on, on a different episode. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, listeners. Uh, but the hierarchy is self first. You do have to care for yourself and be attuned to yourself and be looking at your mental health mm-hmm. before then you can bring your best self 
to your partner. Right. That's why second underneath self is the primary relationship. In this mm-hmm. case, the couple. Mm-hmm. After that, the couple relationship is strong and healthy. Then you care for the rest of the family, the children. Right. And so by the time we're seeing couples in our offices, naturally they're at that part in the hierarchy structure of they're working on their relationship. And it's always to acknowledge if you are doing well in your relationship, in your marriage, in your commitment to your partner, whatever that relationship looks like for you, that's how you can be your best parent self. Right. A lot of people want to jump to, I want to be the best parent first before I'm the best partner first. And I think you have, by couples asking that, well, how do I be the best mm-hmm. parent? Mm-hmm. You be the best partner. Exactly. You model that for your child. What does compassion look like? Mm-hmm. What does compromise look like? What does yep. conflict resolution look like? The three C's, I guess mm-hmm. we could There you go. <laughs> but you want to be able to model that for your children, and that's how you can be the best parent. Yeah. And I think so many times parents are on the right track, and I actually got in a discussion the other night with my dad mm-hmm. about parenting, mm-hmm. and I was telling him as like an opener to a statement, I immediately got cut off after that, but it was basically saying, I was saying that it's not, and this is probably gonna ruffle some feathers, (laughs) it actually, if you take the classes, read the books, Mm -hmm. prepare your intention about being a parent and you really suss out and test your primary relationship with your spouse and get to the point of like, I do wanna raise a family with you, Mm -hmm. the actual act of parenting Mm is not difficult. What's difficult is the emotional regulation that it requires to mm. be a parent. Mm. So, but I didn't even get to get the second part of my sentence out oh, because yeah. my dad was immediately <laughs> like, no, it's so difficult, you know, you know, as parents do. And I was just like, okay, well, I will just hold yeah. my tongue about my parenting comment. Yeah. That's fine. That's, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I won't need to comment on this, right? Yeah. So it is, it is at its base, at its core, the skills of parenting mm-hmm. are not the difficult part. It's dealing with an emotionally dysregulated mm-hmm. child, mm-hmm. whether that's your adult spouse, mm-hmm. your actual <laughs> child, or your inner child. Like that's yeah. really what throws off the yeah. system is I am doing all the things, yeah. but my kid is having a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all the things, but my spouse had a really hard day at work and I don't feel like I'm being supported. Yeah. That's what compounds the problems of parenting, yeah. which again is why couples come in. It's not because there's anything wrong with their kid necessarily. It's mm-hmm. just having a child, having a third, fourth, fifth person in their family yeah. unit is a lot. Yeah. It's a big adjustment. And the statistics came out, I think it was a couple months ago, that three children is statistically the most stressful amount of children you can have. Oh, interesting. One, not that bad, because there's two parents to one, it's a good ratio. Uh-huh. Two, you got a one-to-one ratio. Uh-huh. Three, classic middle child syndrome, how do yeah. we all hear that? And then four, it goes back to an even ratio of like one parent per two children. Uh-huh. So for you listeners out there, if you're considering a third, <laughs> read the research first. Make no. it twins if you're <laughs> going for a third. <laughs> really do in vitro. <laughs> but it, it does come up in couples therapy. Like how do I, be a good parent how do i still love my spouse and maintain a good sex Mm -hmm. life when we have kids and it's mainly when they come in they're not prioritizing their spouse anymore yeah that's the number one thing that i see when parents come in. i'm not outlier cases of the Mm -hmm. child has a serious thing going on and the parents are stressed like Mm -hmm. the standard parenting Mm -hmm. standard family it's i basically what they should be saying is i forgot to prioritize my spouse Mm -hmm. i haven't cared for them the way Mm -hmm. I did when we were first together, Mm -hmm. whether that's dating or marriage. 
and now it's falling by the wayside and we prioritize the kids over us we have family bed we don't do date nights anymore that's what couples therapy is about so it's not don't bring up your kids it's we're not going to sit and talk about how to parent that's a different type of therapy yeah we're going to sit and talk about how to make you strong as a couple again to again be a good model Mm -hmm. for your children Mm -hmm. because your partner your um your spouse the person who you've had the kids with Yes. Um, is your number one resource. Yes. And it is so emotionally draining. There is so oh, much yeah. where there's in parenting that if you're cut off or distanced from your number one resource, yeah, yeah, life's going to be hell uh-huh. for sure. Oh, yeah. So that goes back to the you know oxygen mask analogy. If you can get reconnected and re-engage your number one resource as a parent, mm-hmm. then parenting goes a lot easier. And hey, guess what? On top of it, you're going to have an amazing, fulfilling relationship. Mm-hmm. And what's true is actually all of life gets better when you have a connected, yes. um, supportive, close relationship. Right. Uh, one of the the huge bits of research that uh, Sue Johnson, the founder of EFT therapy, likes to always talk about is um, the difference of how our brains process pain mm-hmm. when we have a loving safe partner right people without a loving yeah yeah, with someone who who is either not with a safe partner or is not is either alone will have from the study like a certain amount of shock right a little bit of pain Mm -hmm. and register the brain uh, at let's just say a six and then however the research shows if you have a supportive safe partner who you can hold your hand while you're experiencing the exact same pain Mm -hmm. the exact same shock you'll actually experience it at a lower level, let's just say a three. Yeah. Um, so literally our brains can will not feel as much pain and hurt when you are in a safe, secure relationship. Mm-hmm. And so this is true, of course, um, for everything in life. Right. But in terms of parenting, that's why we're talking about get your, your number one resource online, put commitment and time into your relationship yes because that will actually alleviate so much of everything else in and your the world. pain of parenting yeah if you're shouldering yeah. if you're the only partner shouldering yeah. that burden yeah then you honestly i've yeah. been through it you feel like you're parenting two people at yeah. once yeah it's not fun yeah. it really isn't fun to feel like you're parenting mm-hmm. a child yeah. and you're parenting your partner because you're like okay well yeah. i'm just doing the lion's share of the work over here yeah so it is really important to prioritize your partner Mm -hmm. to go through that and feel as though okay i have a supportive team this is a really rough day yeah terrible twos are hitting yeah my belt loop got caught in the door handle i spilled my coffee just even the life again the life Life. stuff that happens of being a parent there's paste in my hair there's oatmeal from i don't even know when on my pants like going through that but knowing but i have a partner yeah the worst feeling i think is feeling like you're a single parent when you are married with kids and that's the not the goal and if you prioritize your partner you are less likely to feel like that you're less likely to go through being alone Mm -hmm. when you feel those pains of parenting yeah I want to get into some of what uh, it looks like in therapy. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what clients would, can expect uh, of what to be doing to help yeah. prioritize relationship over, say, like specific parenting skills. I do want to acknowledge first, like the positive attributes that couples come in, like we said at the beginning, because of their love for their kids. Right. They're like, hey, we're struggling. We would tap out and, and just avoid all of this conflict and pain, except we love our kids so much. We're going to put in the work. Mm-hmm. That is an amazing, po- amazingly positive motivator. So yes. cheers to you parents for Big doing that. Big gift that you can give your kids. Yeah. That. Yeah. Also, I want to say, um, it, it, don't beat yourself up for 
if you found yourself in a position that you were prioritizing your kids and sacrificing for them and forgetting your partner, that does make biological sense in a lot of ways. 100%. We are hardwired to give up everything for our kids. Yeah. And so we do tend to like let the partner go. Yeah. Um, so great. You love your kids. You've done that. We just know now in modern era with research that actually keeping the relationship strong is another way, a better way to give to your kids. Mm -hmm. And that way your children are able to, and this is not yeah. parenting coaching, but it's yeah. something I teach when I do that. Yeah. Your child will learn then to individuate and be self-sufficient yeah. and realize, oh, if I need my parents, they're mm -hmm. there for me, they will be but there. they have their own unit. Yeah. You, I had a great example of what it's like to be in a loving relationship. Mm -hmm. Now I'm independent enough to go find that. Yeah. So it really does set your kids up to, to have fly the nest and have success yeah. in many ways yeah. if you do model that yeah. for them. Agreed. And I think my main point is just, I, I, I'm hoping there's not a lot of shame when oh, parents no. are hearing this going like, oh man. You're actually more in the that. norm if you, yeah, have, done if you this, have done this. Because yeah. not many people talk about that. And this, as a mm -hmm. society, it's like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. You had a date night? Yeah. After how many months? Yeah. You should be home with your child. Yeah, that's where the shame comes that's in. That's where like they get culturally pressured to mm -hmm. be like, you have to hear anything your kids. Like, well, let, let's talk about the nuances of that because it's complicated. Right. And what it looks like in therapy is when I hear that, mm -hmm. and I can give, I give an example of, this was years ago, a case study that I worked on. Um, it was a couple and it wasn't their own children, but they had younger siblings mm -hmm. around the same age. So it was almost like they felt as though they were parents. Mm -hmm. Even though they weren't, they didn't have any kids yet, mm -hmm. they felt like they were parents. And I, I remember explaining them the difference between, because they were parenting a lot, mm -hmm. and I call it parenting mm -hmm. instead. So yeah. be, be a guiding source yeah. for them. Don't be a bad influence or anything. Sure. But it's also not your responsibility to raise your younger mm -hmm. sibling. And so be a parent, yeah. like parent them mm -hmm. instead and, you know, give them that example. Like you probably shouldn't have done that, but it'll be fine. Let's go get ice cream. That's yeah. your role. You yeah. don't have to be the authoritarian or yeah. the authoritative parent. That's like, oh, I'm going to give out the consequences. You can yeah. let them know, hey, not cool. Yeah. But that doesn't rupture the relationship. So I think to translate that, especially when I talk to couples mm -hmm. now who have kids, depending on the age of your child, mm -hmm your relationship with them is going to change mm -hmm. and it's going to change how you are with your spouse. Mm -hmm. When your child's younger and they need you a lot more, mm -hmm. maybe you don't have as many date nights, mm -hmm. but that's because again, your child needs to be breastfed or whatever else. That's yeah. the priority. Yeah. You're not saying, Oh, sorry, child. I'm not going to breastfeed you because my spouse needs a date night. Yeah. Right? Like we're not talking about that kind of prioritization. It's wine night. Yeah. No milk for you. <laughs> sorry. It's a pump and dump night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's basically saying, at different phases of your relationship and in different phases of couples therapy, the exercises we give you as a therapist mm -hmm. are going to they look gonna different. Yeah. And eventually you will be able to quote unquote parent your child when they're in their 20s to 30s. Mm -hmm. You don't need to parent them the same way as when they were 5, 10, exactly. 15 years old. So this really does give a good setup when you go to couples therapy and you are a parent. We may not focus on how to be a parent Look, we may not, yeah. as a therapist, focus on that for you if that's kind of already set. If your kids are 18, 20 years old, it's probably not going to come up that much yeah. versus young kids. And, and like most things in therapy, what we're trying to do in this discussion is illuminate this context. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this is happening and empower our clients to have the discussion 
and make the decisions that's right for them at the moment. Mm -hmm. So you're saying about how it will shift over time, what it looks like prioritizing the relationship Mm -hmm. in order to be the best parents, things got to change. Yeah. But making sure that starting off in therapy and guiding these our cu- our couple clients into having these kids like what does it look like for us now that our kids five mm-hmm. what it looks like now that we have three kids what what does this mean and how do we shift that but having an open constructive discussion instead of we're just mm-hmm. you know in chaos in a whirlwind tornado because mm-hmm. we have three children running around right and in the Gottman approach we have very specific interventions and yeah. fun things actually for couples to do on these said date nights. Mm -hmm. And I recommend at least, and especially in Gottman, Mm -hmm. it's called the State of the Union meeting. You come together with Mm -hmm. your spouse once a week Mm -hmm. and you discuss the state of your union. Sure, so you're getting, I wanna dive into that a little bit, but before, you're getting into that, and that's what I wanna know. Like, Mm -hmm. what are the things then that Mm -hmm. couples can do that are about strengthening the, the connection and the partnership, right. but also we know from our experience and from research that this actually is how they increase their parental resourcing. Okay. Is yes. that too targeting? No, okay. I think that works. Okay, yeah, cool. so basically what do we suggest as couples therapists yeah. to keep your partnership strong to be yeah. a better parent? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're realizing you're parenting and you feel like you guys are way off um, and not connected, what do, what do you do? do? Yeah. yeah, so here's your life, what is that called? Lifesaver? The circle that they throw in when you're drowning. Yeah, but why does that seem wrong? That sounds that's, weird. That sounds like I mean, a can- that's the, I mean it is candy. candy, but it's based I think on it that, is. right? Whatever that thing is. It's <laughs> a lifesaver. I'm throwing, life yeah. Ring? I'm yeah, life ring, whatever. I don't know. That sounds we're gonna throw you one of those. <laughs> I'm gonna throw you a few of them. So in uh, doctors John and Julie Gottman's research, the state of the the state of the union meeting is very helpful because mm-hmm. you discuss in a very kind, loving, but diplomatic way mm-hmm. what's going on with finances with household with soccer practices and it's not a blaming thing at all it's you two basically having a business meeting Mm -hmm. businesses which is essentially what a marriage is on Mm -hmm. a base level Mm -hmm. you have finances you have taxes you have all this stuff Mm -hmm. together they have meetings all the time Mm -hmm. and quarterly reports and budgets Mm -hmm. and this but marriages it's like no it's all about love and feelings you have to include a little Mm -hmm. bit of both Mm -hmm. so state of the union at least once a week is it just a check-in about what's going on and it Mm -hmm. actually alleviates so much stress Mm -hmm. because think about that you're not carrying it for months and months of three months ago when the soccer thing happened you get it dump that off on purpose once a week there's that one so state of the union and with that you're having um these weekly state of the union business meetings so that a uh, things will get confusing, like you yes. said. And B, you're experiencing what it's like to have a, a partner, a business yes. partner, and you're supporting each other in problem solving. There's yes. emotional, social bonding that happens through that process. Even mm-hmm. if it's not that fun lovey-dovey part yet, mm-hmm. which is a different thing, Right. you're still having this like connection of, hey, we're going through life together and we're supporting each other. Yeah. Let's clarify this. And that allows us to like clear out of the way. So the rest of the week... We're on the same track. We don't have to be stressed about what's going on. And your state of the union is not your date night. So once you have your state of the union, Mm -hmm. when you're on your date night, you don't have to worry about all that stuff coming up. That's why so many couples... Let me just tell you guys this. That's why so many couples stopped doing date nights because it ended up fighting. Yeah, it wasn't Because they brought up... That was the only time they had to talk to each other about life stuff. That's when they're date night got blurred with state of the union yeah Yeah. i wouldn't want to go on a date night if i knew i was going to get scolded or whatever else ew i'm done yeah so keeping those separate have your state of the union so when you go on your date night it's entirely about Mm -hmm. loving your partner being a partner to Mm -hmm. them again even though you're a parent having fun with your partner right and on those dates 
there are uh, there's an app free plug for them mm-hmm. um, but it's a free app that you can get on your phone we also sell the card decks like mm-hmm. in yeah. tangible form but they're the Gottman card decks mm-hmm. we have like salsa cards to talk about different sexual things it goes mm-hmm. from like mild to hot mm-hmm. and there's examples on the back there's spicy. yeah spicy <laughs> it's the best deck there's like love map so uh-huh. building a love map with your partner oh, I don't know that one what's, what's so love map? essentially there's a love map with your partner you get to know them on many levels mm-hmm. and a lot of partners don't update their love map Mm. it's the same thing as businesses Mm -hmm. you have a quarterly update Mm -hmm. you don't have an updated love map Mm -hmm. of who's your partner's best friends whatever else Mm. we kind of just fall in love and then 20 years later we expect our partner to be using the same map Mm -hmm. we fell in love with Mm -hmm. so it's being able to update getting to know all the parts of your partner inside Mm -hmm. and out yeah um there's other card decks for open-ended questions Mm -hmm. it guides a discussion there's like eight of them you gotta gotta check them out and there's Mm -hmm. even one for like bringing home a baby Mm -hmm. after baby Mm -hmm. We got you covered on that. Yeah. So yeah, the State of the Union card decks once you're out on your dates or you can pick up their book called Eight Dates mm-hmm. and it guides you through different types of discussions you can have and it strengthens, strengthens the relationship. And then there's also the stress reducing conversation is the number one intervention I give couples mm-hmm. who are struggling to reconnect. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is basically how many times do you get home and just need to vent? Mm-hmm. You don't want help. You don't need advice. Mm-hmm. You just want a listening ear, mm-hmm. a warm body in the room to like mm-hmm. vent to and then just be like, oh, I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. But if we don't set up that conversation in a way that your partner knows, oh, I don't have to listen for advice. It's mm-hmm. two different types of listening. Mm-hmm. Listening to give advice and help is way more attuned. Listening yeah. to just oh my gosh, oh, that's the worst. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that would be such a tough day. Listening to validate, mm-hmm. huh, it's the best. It reduces yeah. so much stress. So you each get about 20 or 30 minutes to just offload what's going on and you don't have to take turns, but it helps to mm-hmm. keep things feeling equal, um, like right after each other. Mm-hmm. You just get a vent. Yeah. Even if you have that one at the end of the day, kids go in the other room, yeah. you and if you're you and your partner enjoy an adult alcoholic beverage, mm-hmm. pour yourselves that or have mm-hmm. a tea or whatever. Mm-hmm. They get the playtime, which they want mm-hmm. a lot of, and you get to just talk to your partner and mm-hmm. offload. Ugh, Janice at work today was so mean to me. Ugh, gosh, what's been going on with her lately? She's been coming up Janice. a lot, right? Ugh, you you don't Janice. join with your partner and don't side with them and be like, well, what did you do to make Janice mad? Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Then that's a stress causing conversation. That's the opposite of good. <laughs> Well, let me jump in there because uh, you're giving a lot of great tools. And what you just started talking about was like when you started nuancing, like, hey, don't do the, mm-hmm. that. That's where you can see the role of the therapist. Yes. We can on the podcast say, here are the tools mm-hmm. and give you some ideas. However, what you're going to get in session with your therapist is you're going to talk through that, maybe even practice it in between sessions, come in yep. and see what worked or didn't. And then your therapist will guide you in yeah. how to have the language and, and actually make it yeah. more productive. Yeah. So just kind of point out, like it doesn't have to be everything. You get all of this just oh, no. from a quick little like one minute blurb. Oh no. But you can see, listen, or you can see, you can hear listeners, the role of the therapist going like, hey, we also know the pitfalls of a lot of these tools where mm-hmm. it's like, these are great. And yet here's what couples regular struggle, regularly mm-hmm. struggle with when they start employing these tools. Mm-hmm. Let me guide you through that. Let me help you with that. Yeah. And that's how we build. Yeah. We, we do it in vivo in session. Mm-hmm. You do it in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I, like a referee, mm-hmm. the second something happens, I'm like, yeah. base. I really want to get a referee outfit and blow a whistle. <laughs> like that would be very. I add humor to my therapy, but I do say, well, hold on. Why don't we try this instead? Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Janice really has come up a lot. And then shut your mouth. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how much your partner's like. Thank you so much. I needed to just get that off my chest. Yeah. You didn't have to do 
anything. Yeah. You just sat there and listened yeah. and that your partner thanked you for it. Yeah. We neglect so much so many times. Mm-hmm. The art of just listening and mm-hmm. being there for our partner mm-hmm. and relearning communication. It's the number one mm-hmm. co- complaint couples come in with with kids. We never talk to each other anymore. It's always mm-hmm. about the kids. Here yeah. are some tools, plus many more you can find on my website that you can utilize yeah. in therapy or come to therapy with yeah. one of us. And to refocus yeah. so that you are giving yourself permission that right. it's okay to focus on your primary relationship. Your child will your... suffer more if you don't. Exactly. They won't suffer if you do. And that's m- most couples mm-hmm. think, oh, if I focus on my partner, then I'm, my kid's not getting time. Well, maybe your partner needs that some more. And as long as your kid is like safe, mm-hmm. cared for, depending on the age, like diaper, mm-hmm. bottle, whatever that it looks like at different ages. Yeah, like yeah. they've used the restroom, they're good, there's no safety concerns, yeah. they're going to be okay. Yeah. The oxygen masks. Yeah. And again, there, there's other resources right. to focus on those things too. Right. What we're talking about is in couples therapy, Yeah. get the core message, mm-hmm. it's okay to prioritize your partner right. and do that strong. And here are some great tools that you just outlined. What do you use you in your that. therapy? I don't have the same kind of the system that you do, which is one reason why I liked having you kind of go through the basics with that. In us, in, or in us, in my sessions, what we're doing is instead of like tools at home to reconnect, mm-hmm. we're using the session to have emotional bonding experiences each session. Aww. So it's just a different frame, right? That's so so sweet. it's like, hey, couples are coming in and they're realizing we're frustrated and stuff. Half the time, we're throwing all the content out the window in session, mm-hmm. and we're going, when this comes mm-hmm. up, what's going on for you? Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the, the listening venting example of a tool. Let's just say that's what was going on. Right. And maybe, yeah, I did introduce that. I mean, I do come up with the idea like, hey, why don't you spend time yes. you know, listening this way? What we're going to do is in session have that happen, and when one partner comes in to start giving advice during the other partner's vent, then in that moment... We, you know, I'll jump in and say, okay, what's going on for each partner there emotionally? Oftentimes the one giving advice is going, ooh, I'm trying to support. I don't know what to do. Maybe I'm a little frustrated because, you know, I just want to have this be done and, and help you because that's how I, that's how I give support. Mm-hmm. And the other partner is sitting there going, I just want to be here. I just want to feel connected and listen. We dive into that in the session and then process it and have, you know, guide the couple into actively building that connection in the right. moment. And then what they have is from that one session, they get that taste, yeah. that beautiful taste of reconnection. And then they know what that looks like so they can find that again before their next session. So that, that's mm. kind of the different way of doing it is yeah. already, you know, if we've acknowledged there's a tool set going on that we want to develop, let's get into it and let's have it happen. Mm-hmm. But we're going to, again, as an EFT, emotionally focused therapist, we're going to have it in the depth, in the moment, in session, activated for both partners and have them have that bonding experience in session. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of how that comes out. Yeah. And I think they go mm-hmm. a lot. They go hand in hand quite a bit. Yes. The emotions are mm-hmm. usually what block or allow mm-hmm. us to connect mm-hmm. with our partner. Mm-hmm. So addressing it in session and feeling mm-hmm. the bondedness is, oh, yeah. I get a, like you said, I get a taste for it. I feel yeah. this. I want yeah. more of this. Yeah. And it's... I mean, most couples therapy styles try and attack the same thing from either using a different language, like a different battle plan. Yeah. And so in EFT, what emotionally focused therapy, it sounds like using the session as Mm -hmm. the vehicle to guide the couples close to each other emotionally, Mm -hmm. then would likely reduce the amount of stress and conflict throughout the week. 
because mm-hmm. they're more likely to engage in what they learned in session versus mm-hmm. what they're used to doing. Well, and they've then, since they've had that little taste, right. and they know, and they've done it, you know, not just a little taste, a few sessions in a row, mm-hmm. then they start going, when they're outside of session, going, wait a second, mm-hmm. we were trying to have this talk, mm-hmm. maybe it was a State of the Union talk, mm-hmm. and that felt different than in session. Right. We were disconnected, it got a little, like, combative, it right. wasn't fun, but wait a second, we know what it's like now, we have that Xerox, mm-hmm. like I was saying in the last episode, which I wanted an entire episode on, on the Xerox analogy, mm-hmm. but we have a hard copy of what it actually feels like when we are connected and working together, let's get to that place somehow, and they kind of, mm-hmm. they dance a little bit and get mm-hmm. there, and they're like, oh cool, and then they have a reconnection while doing say the yep. union, or having their date night. Yeah, and I have had couples, yeah. I'm sure you have as well, they've been in therapy a while, they're doing great, mm-hmm. they have just the one-off fight mm-hmm. like we all do, mm-hmm. Couples therapists have disagreements with their partners as well. They have that one disconnect. Maybe it's about kids and parents or parenting or parents-in-law. Actually, that's another whole other episode, in-laws. But it's that disconnect of, okay, how do we do this? And in my couples therapy, what I suggest Mm -hmm. when we're having discussions about the kids, something I will tell either in parent coaching or in just Mm -hmm. their couples therapy in general, if you have a disagreement or if there's that like a disconnect or something in front of the child. It's mm-hmm. not intentional. You just, you're having a thing and mm-hmm. you come up in couples therapy. Oh, we fight a lot in front of the kids. It's always important to make sure that you reconnect and mm-hmm. have a public apology. Mm-hmm. And especially if the kids are younger, hug and kiss of mommy and daddy are fine. Yeah. It's normal to have a disagreement, mm-hmm. but we worked it out. A lot of parents feel shame. They mm-hmm. fought in front of the kids. They go work it out in... Yeah private yeah. and they have the discussion you close, close bathroom door like oh, yeah. okay i'm so sorry this and that yeah your kid doesn't get to see that yeah so that is part of being well and we're we're kind of blurring uh, yes. the, the parenting skills with the like how to reconnect right. as part of like couples therapy and i want to jump in about that because the modeling is so key in this yeah i first of all i'm totally agreeing yeah. with you that yes you want to also show the conflict resolution the repair mm-hmm. to your kids mm-hmm. Um, if anything, the ideal, which no one does, but the ideal is you don't fight in front of your kids. Yes. That's the parenting thing. Um, so they don't see right. like the, the conflict. that conflict. But if you do, because we're human, it's going to happen. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Maybe you do need to repair. You need to pause the fight, go fight and repair away. Yes. But then come out of that again as and, yes. and then show it as well. Yes. Because otherwise you're never going to teach your kids the conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to end up yeah. in couples therapy with us again, because they yeah. didn't learn how to. So yeah, that's why I but brought it up. Again, that's actually, we're kind of learning, that's actually more parenting skills based stuff. We're yeah. doing exclusively parenting, coaching or something. Mm-hmm. Um, to wrap up these ideas though, again, the number one thing I just want to like push home on this topic is... It's okay to prioritize your partnership with anything. Our culture teaches us the opposite. So do lean into a healthy partnership with your spouse. Your spouse comes first. Yeah, spouse comes first. That'll be your best resource for parenting. 100%. Yeah. Um, We do have a listener question. Yes, we do. So where is it? Tanner. So Tanner writes in, how do you deal with really tough cases such as couples screaming at each other or uh, couples when um, they've been through a lot. And some examples Tanner gives like death in the family, um, uh, violent crime, Mm. stuff like that. So how do you deal with really tough cases? So it sounds like Tanner's asking like, how do we as therapists deal with it as opposed to like, um, you know, guiding the couple through it? Right. Or at least that's how I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm. So yeah. Tanner, if you're listening, I hope that's it. But <laughs> um, in in the room, I have probably like a 
nice concise wrap up in the Uh room how I deal with it is a lot of personal emotional regulation Mm -hmm. because it's not about me Uh it's about them entirely it's not comfortable it's we don't have an easy job some days Mm -hmm. especially if it's fighting or really Mm -hmm. heart like heart touching heart wrenching story realizing in a healthy way Mm -hmm. the disconnect it's not about me it's my job to assist this these partners through Mm -hmm. this and being an emotional safe space so in the room I deal with it by using a lot of emotional regulation just kind of holding space for them outside of the room I'm able to consult with a supervisor or a colleague on it just to talk about yeah this is a really rough case Um, journaling about it or spending time doing something that I enjoy doing Mm -hmm. that's like a healthy distraction for and leaving my work Mm -hmm. at work Mm -hmm. so those are my two answers what about Mm, you I love that Uh, when I think of how I deal with these types of tough cases I go back to how I many times envision myself as the host of the space Mm -hmm. you are walking into my office Mm -hmm. and I'm here to help guide you so I'm hosting you Mm -hmm. uh, almost like a butler or you know someone who you're in my home right Um, and so there's a certain power dynamic there where my job is to have is to be able to hold that Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm mm-hmm so from that perspective, when something tough comes up, maybe it is, what did Tanner write, um, like screaming at each other, and that's assuming not a safety thing, right, right. which we talked about in a previous episode, but we'll get into that in detail a bunch of times on this yeah. podcast. But either screaming or like really tough stuff that's happened, like deaths or violent crimes. Um, in the moment, I'm very cognizant of the fact that I'm here to hear those hard things. Right. Like you said, it's emotional regulation. It's... If I'm feeling it, that's not for my clients to know that I'm feeling it. If anything, I know that my ability to connect and hold their hurt and they know I'm feeling it, mm-hmm. but at the same time comfortable with it, mm-hmm. that's me lending them my strength. Mm-hmm. So in the moment, that's not a challenge, to be honest. That's right. I take that role very seriously and I'm proud and honored to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Then, like you said, then after that session is done... Mm -hmm. then the emotion can come over. Yeah. And that's where it's so key for therapists to have their own therapist to do their self-care and go take care of that is because I was happy to hold that hurt for my client in that hard session. And now I need to go process my feelings somewhere else away. That's the service we provide at the end of the day. That's what we're doing. We're giving that strength, that hope, that comfort for those hard cases, as Tanner writes, and then pressing ourselves because we have the emotional regulation and we have ideally that mental health and that um, self-care that we've learned how to get rid of that in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes for me, it's as simple as going for a longer jog. You know, yeah. Sometimes like, you know what? This is going to be an extra 10 minutes today. Right. Um, other times it's a rough week. Two weeks ago, I had a really rough week. And uh, man, self-care was hard. Yeah. Um, you know, and I consulted and I had therapy and I was like, yeah, I was just having a rough one. And sometimes happened. it's acknowledging like, sometimes our people yeah. our team our client yeah. like yeah. caseload yeah i've had someone where like all of them went through a crisis in one week oh, yeah. and by the end of it i was so numb i'm just yeah. like all right what's going to be now i'm like yeah. oh good a lighter trauma right yeah. like yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is this is nothing compared Dude, to the yeah. beginning of the week but it's knowing so if you're listening tanner it's knowing that it's there are going to be rough weeks at any job that you have mm-hmm. we just have a particularly intimate in terms of like psychological yeah. intimacy and closeness and emotion, in the sense yeah. of the word and emotional closeness that it's there's going to be tough weeks and in session it's 
really important to not let it affect you and yeah. really to know it is not about us. Whatever they're bringing up in front of us is probably a tenth of what they do at home. Mm-hmm. So it's realizing, wow, this must be very intense for this couple. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing this with yeah. me so we can get you on the right track. It's reframing. Yeah. It's being able to look at it of like, oh, that must be so terrible to feel that disconnected. Mm-hmm. Let me hold space for to help yeah. them rather than like, ah, screaming. Oh my God, I got to leave this session, right? Like what if your therapist yeah. is just like, ah, I can't. I can't like, deal with this. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> this just like my parents and runs yeah. out of the room right like that's not that's what not to do <laughs> so yeah so yeah i hope that answered your question thank yeah. you for the question always appreciate that um and for anyone out there if you would like us to answer your questions we obviously would love to have those so please um you can go to our website it is the couples guide podcast.com and you can uh, find um, um our contact there and send a message through the site or you can um, find us on social media, on mm-hmm. Instagram. You'll see uh, where we post everything and send us a question there mm-hmm. as well. Sounds good. And next week, we will be talking on our third part of Not Everything is a Red Flag. Yes, advice from a therapist. Hmm. And we'll leave it ominous. We'll leave it like you that. You must tune in to find tune out what that means. see what we're talking about. Not Everything is <laughs> a Red Flag, part three on our next episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>